Hello, welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis. I'm here with my brother, Jeremy Sartori. It is a Brother, Brother podcast. And uh, Jeremy, I can tell that your pulse is racing. And by that, I know it's Grammy week. Absolutely. I've uh, been in cold sweats and anticipating... Um, you know, I was, I was my really my favorite band that no one's heard of, Bring the Horizon, maybe taking <laughs> home a Grammy for the first yeah. time. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Um, there was uh, I will I will do a little spoiler. At, well, it's already over. But uh, so Billie Eilish won the Big Four awards of the evening, so to speak, and that's how it was prefaced. What are the Big Four awards without looking? Oh my God, that's a great question. Um, Shit. <laughs> exactly. Best new artist. <laughs> yep. Is that right? All right. So best new artist, um, album of the year, or is that not even a category in the group? No, I think it is. Okay, album of the year, um, pop album of the year. Nope. No. Right. The big four are album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, and best new artist. Got it. Got it. Okay, and I got two out of. Uh, Four. No, but it is funny because if I asked you what the big four awards were at the Oscars, you could tell me. If I yeah, asked you hot what the off the heels <laughs> of our Oscar pod, um, you know, the Grammys is almost like, you know, sitting on a whoopee cushion. <laughs> well, it used to be. <laughs> talking I mean, about something that has some relevance. Back in the 1840s when I started listening to music, <laughs> the, the Grammys had sort of equal footing with the with – the, uh, you know, with the Oscars. And in fact, maybe, you know, I may have even looked forward to them more. Um, but, you know, that the fact that you can't name the top, you know, you have a, think of a music podcast and you can't tell me what the top four. And now this is no indictment of you. This is an indictment of the Grammy Awards. They have become wildly, wildly irrelevant. And then I look through and see who was nominated. And it is just an echo of, of a long held belief that, that this academy... Uh, really has no idea what it's doing. And um, just to top that off has been the news of the past few weeks where this academy has no idea what it's doing. Uh, It's had two presidents come under um, investigation for misconduct. It's had uh, accusations of systemic misconduct. I mean, it's just a fucking trash fire. Yeah, it's a, um, I mean, I think a week of, actually, there was a... uh you know, a finger pointing, um, ousting of the president who was, you know, who had been in the job uh, for 30 plus days, I believe, or three months. Right. Yeah. Who was brand new for harassment and then turned around and, uh, and blame the Academy for rampant harassment and which is, you know, insane. And, um, you know, I would say like one saving grace of, uh, of this year was, you know, there was just happened to be so, and I think this happens to the Grammys sort of every year, Um, you know, there's always an artist who has enough record sales or enough, um, industry, you know, kind of cred at this point for them to, you know, open up with a Lizzo and then obviously the big four, like you said, Billie Eilish, you know, somebody who kind of rises above their stupidity and absolute obsoleteness to, to put on a good performance. And then, you know, we can't not mention the fact that, you know, the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, obviously, um, in this being in L.A. in the Staples Center and, and him being kind of a universal star. And I think of this generation, you know, certainly my Jordan, your, you know, Magic and Dr. J. My um, uh, Bill, my uh, 
George Bill Mikan. Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was able to kind of like, you know, uh, redirect some of the energy a little bit in, in a, you know, in a tribute type of uh, scenario. Yeah, but I'm just still shocked industry. that Kevin Jonas is married to the uh, the mall queen from uh, Jersey. By the way, it, um, well, there's three Jonas brothers. The reality and show with. <laughs> I was playing this game with myself while I was watching the the Grammys, and I can never remember all three Jonases at the same time, and. At different times, I can remember two of them. It's kind of like solving Rubik's Cube. Like, I could always get two sides, but then it was like... Yeah. But I, I can always remember two Jonases, and it's not always the same two Jonases. Like no, if, it's not. They're, they're interchangeable. <laughs> they're my clone. brain is only... You know, my brain is only capable of remembering two Jonases at any given time. And it's like... And I honestly, besides the name Joe, had no idea there was a Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the one I, I, mean, I usually don't remember. It's right. Nick, Kevin, and Joe. Not yeah. only because his name is Kevin, but because uh, he also is, I think, the uh, he was the runt of the litter. Yeah, totally. Although I think he's, I don't know, he might be the oldest. Um, he might be the Cooper Manning of uh, <laughs> Jonas Brothers. But uh, they, anyway, they, there was, I don't know. It, you know, I'm sort of split well, between talking about Well, yeah, let's talk really about quick the, about relevance. I mean, and then we can jump into 2020. But, like, uh, so, I mean... For you as a kid, you know, I think music was pretty much filtered through the music industry and the Grammys would be like the Oscars to some degree, right? I mean, where yeah. you had real status if you won a Grammy. It was important. To borrow a term, um, it was monoculture. There was we everybody right. knew who was nominated. Even back then nobody really knew what the difference between the record of the year and the song of the year was, which is actually right. the best record as opposed to the best written song yeah the best record being the best production best song being best songwriting danger zone versus the top gun soundtrack well the, you know they were that's a uh, that would be infighting but you know um <laughs> let's hear it for the boy versus footloose there you go got it um and so yeah, it was a it was a must see television. When did that fade? Because I don't ever remember relevance. And then, you well, know, here's the thing spread of about that I would say that uh, you know long before even the video music awards. But I guess the first visit, video music awards must have been about eighty five, eighty six. And yeah, that would be. I think I think you're right on. That's what started MTV say. is what started making you know the traditional Academy irrelevant. Uh, Grammy Awards show starts seeming very fogeyish and very old, and uh, you know every year Quincy Jones won ten awards, and and that was that. But <laughs> you know the it, it was funny when, when Billie Eilish you know banged out the the Big Four uh, the other night at the Grammys. They said that was the first time that it happened since 1981. Um, not a good omen for Billie Eilish. Uh, that person yeah, who won sorry, the Big Billie. Four in '81 was. None other than Christopher Cross. Ooh, sailing. Exactly. Um, um, that's but no, scary. I would say I would, it was definitely early '80s. I mean, the last yeah. sort of you know iconic moment long... from a from a you know from a establishment industry awards show <clears throat> was Michael Jackson you know introducing the Moonwalk on the American right. Music Awards in or Motown 25th, I guess it was. Um, yeah, I was just saying the first single off of Thriller was actually The Girl Is Mine. Is that right? Is that the Paul McCartney song off of that? 
Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, just to get a crossover audience, that's Thriller, for Christ's sakes, you know? I know, like, and that is the worst song. Which everybody thinks is just a power... It's the worst song Michael Jackson ever did, probably. Uh, well, he did, yeah, that and Say, Say, Say. I mean, they're yeah. really... Um, but yeah, it was on our on our uh, 64... It was on our um, 64 Worst Songs yeah, of All bracket. Time list. Yeah, um, No, I just I just did not know that that's how desperate, like, you needed to kind of cross try and cross over. Even I forgot. Michael Jackson, that is. I, I forgot that, and I believe it. I'd completely forgotten that that was the case. Um, yeah, they, uh, so that, you know, and then, you know, there was the American Music Awards, which is not to be confused with any of these, and I can't remember even if that still exists. It was the American Music Awards, I believe, where everybody packed up in 85, went over to a recording studio and recorded We Are the World, and that was a big sort of, you know, seminal right. moment. But I think after 85... Also really a song on our worst song ever list, the industry by the awards show, the VMAs uh, caught like a 10 to 12-year, maybe, I don't know, 15-year, um, you know, sort of burned everything else down. Everybody watched that for the spectacle of it. Uh, and there were some very memorable performances from the VMAs, you know, Madonna and uh, Nirvana and... Yeah, I mean, I would say it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like, you know, the the fact that the Grammys are still going is kind of crazy because you really have everything shift so quickly. And and in terms of the 80s, you had music video changing music industry, um, not as quickly as, you know, streaming or the Internet is today. But... um, but it was, you know, just a, a whole new spectrum. And, and they also had the balls and the ability to be more ri- risky. So, I mean, I vividly remember Madonna's performance of Like a Virgin in, you know, full lingerie and, you know, completely uh, riding the stage in mm-hmm. 86 or, you know, whatever it was. And as like a, you know, 11-year-old boy or however old I was, it was like, holy oh, shit. You know? nine. Yeah. Yeah, maybe nine or whatever, you know. It was one of those ones you wanted to turn off if our grandmother walked in the room. Um, uh, I mean, but, uh, but like, uh, you know, it was pretty crazy. And then, yeah, as, as I kind of grew up with that, you would always be just like you would the Grammys or the Oscars, pissed that the albums that were the best albums of the year or the best bands of the year were not included. Um, but there were always moments in that. And I think it ended probably with the year, you know, 91, 92, like around the year punk broke supposedly. And, and, uh, you know, Nirvana had their classic performance where they, you know, came on stage and, uh, against the rules opened with a few verses of their new single rate me. And then, uh, you know, launched into, um, uh, I'm forgetting what they launched into, but a classic. But uh, you know, and Chris Noel was like throwing his bass fifty feet in the air and smashing his head with <laughs> and it, by catching accident. it with his forehead. Um, <laughs> forehead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, yeah, it, it was basically around that time. You know, there was a, that huge. You know, sort of we've talked about it before. It was this sort of uh, you know tectonic shift. Um, Eighty nine, I believe, was the year they introduced the heavy metal category. Um, right. And Jethro Tull. Who that's the Grammys we're talking about, yeah, right? And, yes, and yeah, yeah, Jethro Tull, who yeah. had been has been's for tw- you know 15, 18 years at that point, won best metal over you know much more deserving class of of records. 
So, yeah, Metallica, um, you know, Megadeth, whoever else was in so, there that year. Yeah, it was it was really signaling. It was it was signaling that they were desperate. They were playing catch up, and that they still didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And so that that gave MTV another opportunity just to sort of crush uh, the Grammys with you know whatever some bogus awards, but it was more of yeah. the awards show that that people cared about, and then. Back about 10, 12 years ago, the Grammys, you know, sort of did a smart thing in the sense that they stopped being an awards show and started being a show. Yep. Uh, nobody really cares. Mattered. I mean, the only people who care who get the awards are the recipients. <clears throat> and even yeah. then, um, you can tell <laughs> this is with Best New Artist, which is the most cursed category on earth. Um, you know, they, they're sort of like, please, God, don't make it me. Uh, the other, The other sort of... Uh, sorry, the other sort of major breaking point uh, again coincided with with Nirvana, with the breaking of Nirvana and everything, and that was '91 when Millie Vanilli won Best New Artist, and then that's it was right. Found yeah. out that they had uh, not sung Lipsync. on their album and only made videos, and that you know that sort of that torpedoed their credibility. I think, and to this day, that's that's kind of. That's been a, a, a poo stain on the awards, really, yeah, for sure, truly. on the industry. Um, yeah, no, and I think, too, yeah, they're just inability also to keep up with musical genres or to not just incorporate them is really embarrassing. Like you said, the best heavy metal to the best hip-hop to the best urban, you know, style to, you know, it's just creating categories to fit as many artists as you can without any realization that these are not sub-genres of music anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, like Metallica is rock, you know. Uh, you know, Jethro Tull is ancient rock. <laughs> with yeah. His, his flute music. But, um, but you know, I mean, just, you know, hip-hop or in general or things like that where it was kind of like best rap song, best hip-hop artist, best hip-hop group, you know. And I get that you want to kind of give a multitude of artists their due, but, um, but I mean, listen to the radio today, for Christ's sakes. Like, you guys are the industry, and, um, you know, there isn't a hit that isn't, you know, quote-unquote urban or hip-hop-oriented these days, you know? Yeah, they've got R&B, urban. I don't even know what the delineations would be for, for something like that. There truly is. There's an urban contemporary, there's R&B, and there's rap, and there's, you know, and none of those... Uh, with the exception of Lil Nas X, were in the, quote, big categories. I guess right. Lizzo. Um, but Lizzo's just, I mean. But Lizzo makes, I mean, they all make sense to be in those categories. You yeah. know, if you want to expand the nominees like the Oscars did, um, you know, then do it. Like, yeah. if you want to have eight albums or eight artists then or ten or whatever, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares anyways. <laughs> yeah, nobody, so. nobody can remember. I mean, it's, you know, we, <laughs> You were proof positive. We couldn't figure out who the, uh, you know, uh, what the big four were anyway. The fact is, too. Well, I and mean, to think about all the albums of the year that we went over and then, you know, sorry, I'm going to kind of jump ahead a little bit. So back to the irrelevance. It's been irrelevant my entire life. Um, you know, if anything, I think we both tune in because we talk about music a lot or, you know, just... Um, I tune, I tune in for the car crashes. I honestly do. Yeah, exactly. To see the disaster... And I, I tuned, think, I tuned, ever since uh, uh, Taylor Swift made her, you know, debut singing with Stevie Nicks, 
and uh, YouTube it. It's easily the worst vocal performance I've ever heard. I'm like, who is this Taylor Swift? And then I saw her try and sing. Uh, yeah, she had her Millie Vanilli moment. Yeah, it was you. really and, and it is a bad performance. I still think she's a little more talented than you do. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, it is a horrible performance. So you want to take a quick break and come back and talk about this year's show? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. To brother, brother, brother pod. It's Win and I today, and, and we're freelancing. We're, we're we're riffing on the rant, on the Grammys. Um, we're we're and, modeling uh, ourselves. Sort of, we're modeling ourselves our conversation on the uh, actual governance of the Academy in its current state. Exactly. <laughs> we're looking for total. We're having total chaos. Um, but yeah, we wanted to talk about this year's Grammys, hosted by Alicia Keys, um, who I think overall gets a thumbs up. Yeah, she's she's really Pretty good at that. Damn good host. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can I can sit there and occasionally go like, ooh, that's a, you know, there's an actorly there's an actorly to quality to to her. Yeah, that, absolutely. But that's you and know, I also don't. It's just not an easy job. No, you know, um, she's damn good at I it. I don't think the format helps anybody. And uh, when somebody does, in, you know, it goes for any award ceremony. Obviously. It, you know, I think the only one that's probably fun to host is the Golden Globes, if you're Ricky Gervais, and then the rest are just, um, you know, it, it's just a tough format. A lot of dead space, a lot of, like, awkward, uh, you know, cuts and things like that. Yeah, transitions. And, and, so, and the constant specter of, of technical difficulties or, you know, weird fuck-ups. And, and case yeah. in point, I mean, you know, we're going to talk about some of the performances. One of the first performances I wanted to talk about was uh, the, the sort of one of the ones that was, you know, pre-build, uh, one of the reasons that you were supposed to tune in. And that was a, you know, tribute to Prince. Um, right. Obviously, we love Prince. Uh, Usher, it was meant to be Usher, FKA Twigs, and uh, Sheila E. And it was Usher and Sheila E., and FKA Twigs, uh, you know, one of the most intriguing singers um, currently on the scene. Yeah, a lot of people as artists of the year, for sure. Pole danced. Uh, she did not sing. And it's unclear right now whether she elected not to sing, whether she was asked not to sing. I, I can't. It, it, it was just bizarre. And, you know, I think Usher did a, 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 re, did a very good job. Um, uh Paying homage to Prince, but but what the yeah, f- not an easy act to to 
you know, karaoke over or, or to sing. I mean, Prince has got a very distinct voice and sound and an icon. Yeah. Um, and, but why would, you know, did they build this, you know, this relevant young artist and then left her on, left her literally hanging on a pole? Yeah, that makes no sense. I almost wonder if it was like some sort of odd protest or just like, um, and we'll have to see as, as days after, like, what the hell comes of that. Because there's been a, a few things written about that, too. And, uh, yeah, totally odd, you know. And they seem to kind of always fuck up some way like that. And I think, too, just pre that even. So the other big story walking in besides the the entire uh, governing, <laughs> governing um, body, you know, body being, you know, uh, accused of harassment and, and other uh, corruption you know, you also had a lot of no-shows this year, right? So, I mean, notably Taylor Swift, the aforementioned Taylor Swift, uh, people like Bon Iver, you know, those are big, big stars. I mean, I, Bon Iver less so, but like, you know, obviously well, he's really, nominated. He's nominated for a lot of the big categories. He's a lot. Yeah, actually, you know, I think he's, he's somebody because we kind of have been on to him from the beginning. You know, we probably still think of as smaller than, than he, he's probably huge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I mean, but like not having Taylor Swift who, who, you know, this year has, has kind of elected to, to um, I guess, bring some of her opinions into the forefront and, and politics. It was a, a real protest and real slap in the face to the Grammys. And you know what it is, though? It's it's not so much, you know, you, you, and then it's, you know, you sort of follow, you follow the breadcrumbs and you realize that, you know, it's really this... Uh, um, you know, legal battle she's got going with Scooter Braun that is right. that, that led her to not show up, and so yeah. you know she's managed to to uh, and and you know there may be some some actual viable you know uh, ethical reasons why uh, she didn't show up, but you know they usually have like a Beyonce. I mean, like just people are there that didn't go. Yeah. Lady Gaga didn't go. You know, I mean. It was, uh, you know, some of the biggest stars yeah. today. And that's, you know, but those are icons. also some of the legacy stars of today. I mean, you had your Lana Del Rey's and your Ariana Grande's. Yeah. I mean, this is sure. a changing of the guard, I think. I think there is... Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, I mean, if we want to go uh, NFL for a minute, uh, definitely. And, you're, you know, but I do think, like, you know, we're not talking Madonna and, uh, you Prince, know, like... David Bowie, uh, Bruce yeah. Springsteen and Michael Jackson. Right, exactly. We're talking, um, you know, like people that are still pretty freaking relevant. Absolutely. Oh, believe yeah. me, I'm not. I'm not burying these people's careers yet. I, um, but they seem to be, you know, the, the, those people also are branching out. I mean, Lady Gaga was a huge presence at the Academy Awards last year because right. her movie was huge. Uh, Beyonce yeah. has sort of, you know. She's, I, I think, uh, ruling the world. She's just going to have her own award show location. where it's just like the Beyonce Awards, exactly. um, where, where she's nominated for other categories. And, and Jay Z will host. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. There, there, this is the sort of there is a. Uh, it does seem like a particularly transitional period. That said, I just looked at the nominees for Song of the Year, and Tanya Tucker was there from. Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I don't know how old Tanya Tucker is, and I certainly don't know how old she is by looking at her. Um, no. But that, I mean, she put out a great record this year, which is, is awesome. And uh, But she has been around since my childhood, at which point she yeah. was cresting over the hill. Um, yeah, no, 
Definitely. And that, that was one of the redemption stories. And let's, I mean, so just train wreck wise, uh, you know, which wasn't a total train wreck, the Prince tribute, but um, I think the biggest train wreck of the night, and then we'll go into some of the, the redeeming factor performances. Oh, can we, um, can we do it in reverse order? Because I'd like to. Oh, yeah, I, let's I, go I've reverse. Some, reverse. Yeah, yeah. I want to save all my bio for the end. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I think standouts, you know, the Ariana Grande medley, you know, speaking of changing the guard, um, uh, you know, it, it was what, you know, Madonna would have been, you know, I think 10 years ago at the VMAs or something. 40. Like androgynous dancers, like great pop hits, great voice, actually much better voice than Madonna ever had. And, uh, you know, everyone who listens to Pod knows I'm a fan. I think you are too. Yeah. I think... Um, you know, a big fan or big, you know, one of our favorite artists who also had, you know, I think some great things to say post winning the award. Tyler, the creator's performance was just awesome, you know, yeah. and, and uh, like, and that's I again, think, it kind of, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, to your point, it, uh, I think it, that's one of the things that blurs, uh, you know, genre and, and makes you wonder why there yeah. are categories set up the, in the in the very antiquated and irrelevant way that they're currently set up. Um, and as you right. said, that guy is doing art rock. Yeah, no, that was insane. I mean, that was like, you know, uh, you know, thrash and, and doo-wop and, and, you know, sort of weird experimentation. And, you know, I, I love the Earth, Earthquake, the album. I like uh, the album before. I think he's a you know, kind of a really, really smart, creative guy. But I also think, um, yeah, it just doesn't make sense that that's like, I don't know what to call that. You know what I mean? Like music, Good. just yeah. shit music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, that's the best thing about um, it. You know, he, he... And I think Post, you know, his comments about being sort of uh, ghettoized into a subgenre um, that doesn't even exist. Or it doesn't apply to him. No, not at all. And he, know, you know, and he knows it, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I'd say even more so today where like music genres like, you know, Lil Nas X and things like that, who also had a strong performance um, in a song that, you know, is just catchy as hell, obviously. But, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, the hip hop genre or music genre in general is popular music today. And it's it's just become pop or whatever you want to call it, yeah. because it's, there's just so many different things bleeding into it. Yeah. I mean, the niche category now is rock album. <laughs> Very niche, because for for people that listen to a lot of rock, uh, we knew one artist on the entire list, and think we knew one other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's, and that is, I don't I don't take that as an indictment of my paying attention or your paying attention. Oh, not I at all. I was going to say we we just did a best albums of the year, and I guarantee you there were a lot of rock albums on that list. Yeah. Um, and you know our albums with you know if you want to call rock strictly guitar, bass, and drums. And uh, I have no fucking idea who half the people were on there. And, and I actually can also say, like, I'm not out of tune with radio music either, having two daughters, you know? Mm -hmm. And I have no idea who the hell those artists are. Yeah, it was... Uh, it, it, yeah, it's not a matter of, of being asleep at the wheel. It is, um, you know, it is the Academy. And on that note, can we please... Yeah, we can, can we please blame the Academy for <laughs> one of the worst uh, ideas and uh. worst performances I've, I've... As somebody I read, and I, I'm borrowing this, said um, somebody had the great idea of reuniting Aerosmith and Run DMC for the 20,000th 20, time. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah, we've seen this before, but we've never seen it done this badly. No. I mean, Jesus Christ, like... 
I mean, you and I are defenders of 70s Aerosmith, and I'll defend 70s Aerosmith, but it's getting harder and harder. Yeah. <laughs> like, please stop showing yourself in public. Um, you know, please stop giving Christian an edge in his Aerosmith argument. And, uh, you know, we both love Run DMC. I mean, I literally just got, like, the vinyl copy of Raising Hell with the song on it and forgot how fucking great it is. But I did not need to see that nursing home fucking train wreck of a... Of a okay. uh, so just, you know. a, just at the, set the stage, um, at some point during that performance, and this is... I'm just going to go Aerosmith first. Um, yeah. Two, a week before the... the they, the uh, Joey Kramer, the band's drummer of the past fifty years, sues the band for permission to play with his band. Uh, the band yeah. releases somebody releases a video of Joey Kramer being uh, turned away from their own rehearsal space, um, pre Grammy rehearsal space. Um, that's just sad and yeah, weak. Lame. And if he, I mean, Lord knows, there's another. Judging by this performance, nobody rehearsed, so... No, um, I, I think they were, like, literally in different... I mean, like the original music video, they were in different studios playing yeah. different songs. <laughs> Joe, Joe Perry muffed the, the the riff right off the bat. Which is insane, because, I mean, fuck, like, I don't... He's you know, played it before. I don't consider myself a great guitar player, but... It, it's just not... It's not the hardest riff in the world. It's something he's played 80 million times, right? <laughs> I mean, like... How, I mean, that guy should be able to do that, you know, with one hand at this point. Steven Tyler shockingly acquitted himself reasonably well vocally. I was going to say, Steven Tyler sang and sounded better than anyone else. He looked literally like he'd been dug up from a grave well, yeah. the, day, the day before. But there was but, a point. Yeah, and he's never been an attractive guy, but Jesus. There's a point at which he went and 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 grabbed two women from two extremely you know two women who uh, you know may whose collective age may be you know whatever uh, half of his own fifteen um, <laughs> and then he tried to get them to do that really simple dance from the Run DMC the one two back kick one two back kick yeah. and they couldn't do it and it was. It was the whole thing no, was just so I mean, just put a just put a cherry on it. But that there wasn't was only, anything. That, that was only worked. Aerosmith. Yeah, I hate to say it, but Run DMC was fucking worse. Run DMC was like I think they called in like literally the the day of because it was. Uh, I'm hoping that they were just mourning the loss of Kobe Bryant and couldn't concentrate because they didn't seem to know the lyrics to anything. <laughs> well, I think I have to go back and look again. I've looked twice. I think DMC came in on the second verse as the first verse, like just unknowingly or just yeah. I think forgot, he started like, singing in the middle of the song. Yeah, you know, and so they were singing like two different songs essentially at the same uh, time. And the best were the crowd shots during that shit. Like when you know that like this is fucking horrible. I mean, because uh, even music music wise, so you mentioned Joe Perry earlier, and then you know. Uh, DJ wise, the scratching was just like like all over the drums, and it was just like nothing blended. It was like, what the fuck is going on? It was crazy. It was it was. It was I mean, total mayhem. I'm so happy that it was that instead of a perfect rendition because a perfect rendition is pointless at this point. Um, no, you should just put on the video or the or the album. You know, also, if you want to hear that, do you remember those? Uh, also, why? <laughs> like, I don't like, understand. Yeah, because, oh, like, who the fuck was, like, after nominating your son's band for the best rock act <laughs> that nobody's heard of, like, I don't understand, like, who the hell was, like, oh, my God, 
you know, it'd be awesome. It was it an anniversary or something or am I like, no. Okay. <laughs> um, if, if, but here's the other thing they opened Aerosmith opened up with living on the edge, which is a 27 yeah. year old song that was stupid when it came out and pointless totally. and, yeah. and empty, like pro like it was like, it was a, like a filler. It was like a B side. <laughs> yeah. It was like an attempt at a protest song, but it didn't. Yeah. It was like the banality in it was so monumental that it was like it was like protesting bibs, not <laughs> it was protesting like problems. Yeah, <laughs> man. And uh, it was protesting being bummed out, bad things. Fun. Was, what are you protesting? Bad things. Um, yeah, but no, it was not. A, I don't believe it. I mean, I I think. Raising Hell came out in '86, so yeah, it did. Yeah. You're not you're not on a 35th anniversary, 20, you know, 40th. I don't know. Um, I mean, unless you're using brother brother math, but like other than that, yeah, no, it made absolutely no sense. It was just like, what the fuck? But so I have a question and, for you. Uh, when you were a kid, you used to have these like cardboard <laughs> blocks that. Um, had you know yeah like look like bricks look like bricks but they were yeah. made of cardboard and did you recognize those from uh, the Run DMC set when they kicked down the wall? <laughs> <laughs> I did actually. Yeah, they were very reminiscent they were the, of uh, the way they flew. Was very are, reminiscent of this. They had to be the same weight, same make. Oh, totally. It was sort of like uh, go. Yeah, I mean, like, just find something that can, uh, you know, fall if you blow on it. <laughs> it was it was really embarrassing. <laughs> don't sneeze, but don't sneeze. <laughs> Stop the wind machine. Yeah, it was it was bad. And, uh, you know, like I said, like, two, you know, I would say one great artist. Well, they're both pretty great in their heyday, you know. And, uh, and just it, there's nothing worse than just watching, like um, – absolute embarrassing decline like you know we both hate the rolling stones putting out albums and and uh you know continuing to tour but they looked like you know 20 year olds compared to this shit yeah i I will say maybe it was the 25th anniversary of daryl mcdaniels losing his voice and and having his vocal cord paralyzed maybe that was what they were so (laughs) yeah i think you know i think that kind of sums up the the i mean we can we can keep talking about the grammys if you'd like but uh i feel like you know, in general, the takeaway is it's really hard to watch. There's always a couple of redeeming performances, but, um, you know, it just, it, it doesn't, it, how does it just keep, it's just going to keep going, right? I mean, they're just going to keep Depends. eating the, the beast. I don't know. You know, I mean, it sounds like the Academy's in, in uh, you know, some peril, uh, which means yeah. there is, you know, where there is, you know, blah, 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 where there is crisis, there's opportunity. Um, you know, maybe this is their opportunity to bring in somebody fresh minded, maybe even somebody big who's fresh minded, you know, um, you know, who, you know, God, I don't know who it is. I mean, I certainly hope Pharrell Williams has better things to do with his time, but you know, yeah, I was going to say, it seems like a fairly, you know, bring in somebody with a name and a, and a, and a, you know, and a pedigree that, that knows what the fuck is up. And somebody has to care enough, though, you know, and that's the. It is. I think, like, when you get people like that, it's like somebody has to want to restore something that they think is important. Yeah, I don't know that that's there out there, you know. Well, it would be quite a reclamation project, but it. it I don't know if it's worth it, but I think that the you know if you if you judge it by the people who show up, um, you know they're. 
you know, don't never underestimate uh, famous people's desire to to see themselves rewarded. <laughs> that is true. And on that note, I think uh, we should wrap our annual Grammy uh, episode, take a quick break and come back and end it like we always do. Yes. Welcome back to the Brother, Brother, Brother pod. And uh, in our, you know, just dismay of the Run DMC and uh, Aerosmith train wreck, we did forget to mention uh, two of our favorite artists of the year, Lizzo and, and uh, Billy Eilish did also bring the house down at the Grammy. So like we said, there's there's always like some redeeming performances and it's definitely um, makes it somewhat worth checking out. But uh even they could not save the Grammys in 2020. But uh, we're going to end the pod like we always do. It's just Win and I today. Uh, Christian is back in the classroom. And um, Win, uh, what are you listening to? Uh, just before the podcast, I finished Trust, Trust Exercise by Susan Choi, uh, which nice. I had started, I think, when we recorded the last one. Um, uh, novel takes place at a performing arts high school in I believe Houston in the early eighties, mid eighties. Um, so it was, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's got some interesting, uh, you know, turns devices that, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, make it interesting. It's, it's a really, it's a very good read. I would, I would highly recommend it. I am also getting more and more interested in, in outsider on HBO. Um, yeah, and I, I agree. think I've, I like you know, it. I mean, it's not a mystery. I'm a huge Richard Price fan, and uh, he he can keep you in anything. Yeah. So um, that said, I think those are my uh, those are my two things that I'm listening to, so to speak. Cool. What are you um, listening to? I am listening to. So I I was uh, out in the West Coast last week and came back with a, a cold. Thank you, California. Um, but uh, and I ended up uh, just hitting some new pods. And, yeah, exactly. And uh, and um, I uh, jumped on. I'm enjoying Mike uh, Pesca's pod, The Gist, on Slate, and it's um, basically just a. Uh, Kind of political commentary, definitely left-leaning, but um, with enough kind of common sense satire and stuff that uh, is perfect for me. But he was the former uh, sports um, person for NPR, so he also throws some some sports stuff in there, and then a music fan as well. And, and um, oh, every cool. I think like few episodes has uh, a, a you know delves into a year in the top hits of that year, which is kind of fun. I, I just like his candor. I mean, there's you know like anybody, there's some takes and things like that and I'm sure we have them too but uh, in general he's pretty funny and uh, actually our cousin turned me on to it while I was out in Cali um, but uh, now. 
Yeah, there we go. And then, then in uh, in general, The Outsider was the other thing I was going to bring up. I, I um, kind of plowed through a bunch of those on my plane ride. And, and then when I got back, I think it's on episode four. Um, neither of us are big sort of Stephen King. I mean, we respect and admire Stephen King's, uh, you know, uh, it's done some great stuff, but it's not efficiency and, and yeah, but tend to like his more kind of like less horror uh, books. And, and this is a little bit more of a thriller, but yeah. And the hands of Richard Price, it's just really well done, really well acted. And yeah, I'm in, I like it a lot as well. And I've, um, it's after Watchmen, it's the, you know, it's two in a row that I'm kind of staying uh, current with, which is rare. Nice. Um, excuse me, by the way, my cold is affecting my uh, sniffing on the, on the pod here, but, uh, and, and uh, sorry, go ahead. Would you like to put a song on the... Uh... You know, I'm going to Christian it and, and have you go first. I do have a couple, but I'm just sort of like in that... Uh, indecisive mode? Uh, you know, in, yeah, totally indecisive mode. So you're, go you're for it. high on Mucinex. Um, I'm, I'm high on NyQuil and Mucinex, yeah. I am going to put on a song that I, you know, I can't, I can't make this dramatic enough. I absolutely cannot <laughs> believe this song is not on there, but I did just uh, check and it is not. And it is Paranoid Android by Radiohead. Ooh, nice. You know, we have no Radiohead on there. We do. We have Body Snatchers. Oh, you're right. Yeah, off in Rainbows. Yeah, so I've actually thought about that quite a bit in which song I would put on and, and uh, that is definitely one of the, one on the short list I have to say it's like one um, of those one of those things like it's been right in front of there's there's no way it's not on there so like how could you put it on there and that's yeah my no, totally yeah that's a great one um, I'm gonna go with one and, and uh, it's another one that like I'm kind of torn because there's just a ton of fucking songs by this band that uh we could put on, and it's kind of a, a, uh, a, um, I don't know, it could be in the overplayed category, but I just have never gotten sick of it, and uh, we only have one song by this artist on there too, and I'm gonna go Train in Vain by The Clash. Well, great shot. Yeah. Never get tired of that song. Anyway, me either. All and right. uh, never get tired of of seeing Aerosmith perform with Run DMC. No, I think that's. Uh, that is must-see TV multiple times. It may end up on America's Funniest Home Videos at some point <laughs> if, that sh- if that show will also go on to eternity like the, like the Grammys. Anyway. Um, All right, well, let's, uh, <laughs> let's catch up next week and we'll talk about something else. Sounds good. Talk to you later. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.